Super 70 Sports Podcast. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, welcome to the Super 70 Sports Podcast. I'm Ricky Cobb. Happy holidays to everyone. I, I, I want to thank everybody for the incredible support uh, that you've shown me in 2016 here as we come to year's end. We've more than tripled the number of followers on Twitter this year. And this is, believe it or not, the 20th episode of the Super 70 Sports Podcast. And the list of people I have to thank is very long and really too long for me to get started on right now but i'm just so grateful to all of you who have helped to make super 70 sports something special you guys have been absolutely tremendous you make it a pleasure for me every day to get up and try to think of new material and and find things uh, that hopefully will entertain you guys i really believe that we've got the best community anywhere on social media and uh, again, uh, very, very grateful for the growth that we've had both on Twitter and the uh, success of the podcast as well. You know, 20 podcasts may not sound like a lot, but when you are a one-man show and you've got five kids and a day job and you're tweeting and all of that stuff, and what they don't tell you about the podcasting is the post-production. The interviews, that's the fun part. But sitting down and going through editing these things and putting everything together, it really does take a lot of time. It's a labor of love, uh, don't, don't get me wrong, but it's time consuming. So to say that we're at 20 feels like a milestone has been reached for me. And I'm so grateful for the athletes and authors and celebrities that have agreed uh, to appear on the podcast this year. You know, when you're starting out and nobody really knows uh, who you are or what you're doing, you're an X factor. And so for uh, some of these guests to have uh, stuck their neck out and uh, agreed to come on the show, uh, showing some faith in me that uh, I would do at least a decent job and that it would be worth their time. I'm very, very appreciative of everyone who agreed to come on the podcast. And hopefully at this point, we've started to build a little bit of a reputation and it'll be just that much easier to keep bringing on the kinds of guests that you guys will be interested in as we go into 2017 and beyond. But very, very grateful for everyone who has given me the opportunity and have come on to this podcast and helped me to put something together that I'm really quite proud of. Uh, you know, my guest today, uh, I, I'm really happy that this is the guest that marks the 20th episode of this podcast. One of the biggest names, really, in the history of auto racing, a 26-time winner on the NASCAR circuit, and a, a two-time Daytona 500 champion. Joining me now on the Super 70 Sports Hotline, Dale Earnhardt Jr. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Hey, it's a a thrill to have you on, and I got to start out talking. You know, I tweeted the other day, and I think you saw this one, the old school NFL helmet cars. I want to say it was Super Bowl VII, but it was one of the early Super Bowls where they had these awesome helmet cars for every team, and my plan is that we put some real horsepower in those, bring them back, and have the greatest race ever. 
I'm with you. As long as I get to drive the Redskins one. We've reserved the Redskins car for you. That'd be great. And I think I, it'd be a good race. I feel like representing the Redskins would bring out the best in you, too, you know? Yeah, I do too. <laughs> uh, so, so who gets who gets the other cars? I mean, you're out there uh, every week. I know there's got to be some other hardcore football fans. Uh, you know, who, who would be competing for some of those other helmets? Well, my buddy Martin Truex Jr. He's a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, so uh, he would probably be excited about that. So, taking through the rest of the field, there's a lot of guys that uh, a lot of Patriots fans. Um, Cowboys fans, Panthers fans, you know, a lot of our sports oh, yeah. uh, kind of centered around the Piedmont and Charlotte area of North Carolina. So there's a lot of Panthers fans in the garage. I like to see Carolina do well, too. I guess they would be my second team because what's good, you know, when they do well, it's great for the city. So. Well, you're you're kind of like me. I, yeah, I was born and raised in Kentucky, and you were growing up in North Carolina at a time when there weren't any professional teams in the state. the 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 Hornets and the, and the Panthers came later, so you were kind of a free agent fan when you were a kid. How did it become the the Redskins for you? Well, I remember um, I, my dad would watch. Uh, watch Super Bowls and watch games and stuff when he had to, when the season would end for us at the end of around Thanksgiving, dad, dad watching games on the weekends in December. So I remember, uh, the first game I really paid attention and was like, what's this? You know, what, what's, what are these guys doing? Was, um, the 82 Super Bowl and the Redskins, uh, even as a young kid, I probably was eight years old. Even as a young kid, that game, you know, kind of captivated me. Uh, how the Redskins came back. I remember uh, watching uh, John Riggins run around the corner on fourth and one for the touchdown, and uh, putting them up in the lead for the rest of the game. And uh, I didn't know where that team was located, but. You know, I, I just uh, latched on to that. I don't know what it was, but my mom had moved to Norfolk in uh, 1981, and I would go up there twice a year, once at Christmas and once in summer, to visit her for a week. And we did that for 20 years, and until she moved down here when her husband retired. So uh, I would go up there, and I saw that that team's helmet and jerseys and everything everywhere. Everybody up around Chesapeake Bay and Norfolk are a Redskins fans for the most part. And she would buy me uh, jerseys and helmets. I still have the two helmets that she bought me when I was probably 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I would end up before too long with a full uniform for not only me, but my best friend that lived up the street. So we would we would put these uniforms on and uh, play in the yard and, and beat these helmets up, and we'd we'd hose down the yard to get it muddy and get yeah. the jerseys dirty. Yeah, mud, it was a lot of fun. Mud games and snow games are, are the best, right? Yeah, I mean it. It really puts me in a holiday spirit, man. Watching those games yesterday, uh, watching those games Sunday on on TV with all that snow in Green Bay and Chicago. It reminds you that it's Christmas time, you know, and it's football time. So it's it's uh, we don't see that many 
uh, weather games anymore. And obviously with the turf, you don't, don't see hardly any games that are going to get those guys too dirty. So Yeah, it's true. I, I when, when I was a kid, the snow, first big snow, and you know we didn't get a ton in Kentucky, and you, you probably didn't get a ton uh, down yeah. south either. But, boy, if you got a big snow, it was like put on as many layers of clothing as you can and just go knock – Knock the heck out of each other, you know. You, yeah, you couldn't feel yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but if it snowed. Your your day was decided. It was going to be football in the yard. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, 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 so, I, so I got to ask you, you. I was reading where you, you said that sometimes you'll even get uh, Redskins updates when you're making a pit stop because your job. Uh, does not agree with uh, NFL Sundays for for a good part of the season. So uh, yeah. how, how do you handle that? Because for for most of the season, you're you're not able to watch the games as they're going on. Yeah, it's, it makes it tough um, because I, I do uh, I like uh, knowing a lot about the team, right? And I, I want to uh, you know not only know who's starting, but who's who's on the bench and what kind of guys do we got on the practice squad. And I like to read about the movements throughout the year about, um, bringing guys in, letting guys go, trying to, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, the path and the history of the players as they come up through the organization. Sure. And it's hard to do that when you can't really watch the games, right? And you see these, uh, you see some of these guys that uh, we've had a couple of great drafts over the last couple of years. Got a great GM in there getting some good drafts and trying to uh, you know follow these the career of these players as they become part of the organization and 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 they become fan favorites within the organization. It's frustrating because I don't get to watch but maybe a third of the season on the back half and. Um, I go to the preseason games. I tell you, this is the kind of fan I am. I my favorite game to go to. People always ask me if I get to any games, and I try to go to about one or two a year. But my favorite game to go to is the third preseason game because usually the the starters, the guys that are locked into the roster, don't get a lot of playing time, and you get to see the depth and the real core of the team play. And these guys are out there trying to make the roster. And so you get to see some really good young guys trying to compete, and there's really nobody at the game. A lot of folks don't really go to the third, fourth preseason game, so you kind of got the place to yourself. Washington D.C. traffic is just terrible. Um, so going on, going on, I can't really get to the Sunday games. So going to Monday night games, uh, pain the butt. But that Thursday, Thursday, third preseason game is the best. So. You get to see, I get to learn a ton about the team all in kind of one four-hour setting. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm grabbing on every little piece of news I can all season long about what's going on with the team. And finally, when the season's over, that, you know, we don't ever like to tell anybody that we're glad our season's over. Fans want us to race, you know, want to race every Sunday, but it's good to be able to sit down and watch some football and, and get to really, you know, be a fan. It feels, you know, do something normal. And uh, sit down and pull for pull for somebody else to do good. Well, you know you you've been voted NASCAR's most popular driver for I think 14 years running now, and uh, I'm sure almost daily in your life, at least you know on the days when you're dealing with the public at all, you're meeting somebody that for them getting to meet you is a is a huge deal. 
in their life because they admire you as an athlete and everything. For you, who are the guys that you've met uh, that you know participated in other sports, maybe the NFL, that you got a kick out of meeting? Well, that's always going to be guys who played for the Redskins um, and guys who currently play. Uh, got to become pretty pretty good friends with with Chris Cooley over the years. He uh, Joe Gibbs brought him to a race, and me and uh, introduced me uh, to Chris at the before the race and we had a couple beers afterwards and um, became really good really good pals still stay in touch today but um, uh, meeting someone like I've never met Art Monk he was one of my he was probably my favorite Redskin when I was growing up uh, I admired his consistency and his professionalism and uh, on and off the field obviously Dale Green was a guy that I was a big fan of and I got to meet him and we've exchanged things a couple of comments back and forth through Twitter. So um, that's something cool about today's world where I'd have never had the opportunity to communicate with someone like that. But now with social media, you can, you can exchange, uh, uh, you know, some comments back and forth about how much you appreciate them and what they meant to you as a kid. Um, current guys like D'Angelo Hall, I went, I'll tell you something that made my day. And I think about this all the time when I, when somebody's talking about the Redskins, I went to uh, a game maybe two years ago, and I just happened to be walking into the, through the tunnel before the game, and the secondary was huddled together, uh, pumping themselves up, getting ready to go. And De, uh, D'Angelo Hall is sort of the leader of that group, right? So he's he's kind of chanting these guys through uh, and doing their thing, you know, what they do every game, and they're all huddled around. And I just happened to kind of get within a few feet and he looked over and said junior what are you doing and i thought man i can't believe angelo hall knows who i am <laughs> and i mean here he is and you know they're you know they're getting ready to play a game and uh you know all those guys got their game face on and here he is talking to me that blew me away so i've always thought a lot of him he uh you know how he's transitioned into uh a safety role to and then prolonged his career pretty much to uh, continue to you know be a member of the team and continue to uh, participate and bring something to the table is is, is so commendable I, you know for him to uh, and he's you know had some injuries here lately but hopefully he's going to come back and be a part of the team he's a great great guy in the locker room and but it's fun I, I I've been able to. Uh, I met a lot of different guys, Russ Graham. I'll tell you another great story uh, that that uh, means a lot to me. I was at uh, the Hall of Fame for uh, college football doing an appearance and meeting a uh, Make-A-Wish child. And one of my uh, one of the guys that uh, played for the Skins brought. Uh, he was kind of like a surprise guest and brought uh, a helmet to me. So to have a you know, game worn helmet or a game worn game worn jersey yeah. is uh, you know a pretty cool piece of uh, history and something I'm pretty happy to have in my collection. So I'll say, uh, yeah. it, it, going back to being a kid, here's something I think we can all relate to: Monday Night Football 
What was what was the the policy in your house? Did you, did you have to go to bed at halftime? Did you were you able to stay up for it all? I mean, I was a half. I I grew up in a halftime household. I got shipped out to bed at halftime. Yeah, we had pretty hard hard numbers like like nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Uh, that we we couldn't be up past that. But uh, so I was kind of in the same boat uh, as you, um, and it was frustrating because. Uh, those those are always some pretty key games uh, that that you know that were going to decide some something within the division. Um, in the late you know those late games were always tough because because of school and so forth. And obviously your parents don't don't understand the passion. You know <laughs> that's right. <laughs> my dad I can't my dad didn't really have a team. He kind of pulled for players like Montana and guys like that and used to drive me crazy and he knew I was a Redskins fan so he always pulled against the other team no matter who it was <laughs> I could never understand that but yeah having a household where I was really the only fan of a particular team made it a bit, bit difficult now do you hate the Cowboys I mean is that part is that part of being a Redskins fan it's just in your blood that you can't stand the Cowboys yeah I think um that's definitely key, a key part of being a Redskins fan, and we want it that way. I mean, it's uh, one of the one of the most important parts about uh, the NFL are rivalries and 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 nurturing those rivalries and keeping those rivalries alive and well is, is important. So, even though we hate the Cowboys, we're we're glad they're there, and we want that rivalry and. We want to be a part of it. And we want to win it, obviously. But so it's. Uh, I've got a lot of since there weren't. You know, we talked about since there weren't any NFL teams uh, in North Carolina in the early '80s, and obviously before that. Um, there's a lot of Cowboys fans. The Cowboys were very successful in the '70s. So my generation and the generation before me, my dad and my uncles. A lot of those guys are Cowboys fans. Oh yeah, and, uh, they're everywhere. Yeah, so Cowboys they fans are, are everywhere. They are. They they are. They litter the 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 country. They're not as they're not as uh, regional or geographical, uh, lo, you know, geographical oriented like what most teams are. And I think that's because they sort of you know tag themselves America's team and so forth and. Um, but yeah, we we had a lot. We had some Atlanta Falcons fans, some Redskins fans, which is nice. Um, but tons of Dallas Cowboys fans, and obviously the Panthers fans are everywhere now. But so I grew up in a family, and the Redskins always played the Cowboys on Thanksgiving for for many years. It seemed like, anyways. And so that made Thanksgiving, and it, we would always go to my mamaw's house for Thanksgiving, and they always, and it was always around four o'clock when you're supposed to be there. And that seemed to be exactly when that Redskins Cowboys game started. So I knew I was either going to have a terrible time or a great time <laughs> at Mamaw's house because all my uncles and my cousins are Cowboys fans. So had some good Thanksgivings, had some not so good ones. <laughs> well, what about the other sports? Are you a baseball guy, NBA guy? I uh, I'm a, I pull for the Hornets quite a bit. We um, we got a really really good team, and uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, they got a GM in there um, and a great coach in Clifford that uh, make it a lot of fun to follow those guys. And it, it was uh, it was a sad day when they took the Hornets away down to New Orleans. But uh, you know they, we got the team back and we 
we actually built, I think, one of the better teams than, than we've ever had in this in the city. So, uh, Kimball Walker's a great, great player, a lot of fun to watch. And we got, you know, talented free agents and, and starting with Al Jefferson when he came. He's no longer here, but that sort of changed the culture and, and, and the way I think a free agent looks at Charlotte. So, we got guys that are actually playing for a team that want to be there and um, that can lure even even better talent each year, but it's a lot of fun to follow them. We get to a game or two. Um, starting to become a bit of a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Never really was into hockey much, but I got to go ring uh, the siren for the opening game this year, which was hey, a that's cool. I, I was yeah, I was really honored they asked me. So super nervous when I did it, but <laughs> I um, my dad was a big Braves fan, so I always pull for the Braves in baseball. And that was frustrating through the 90s. You know, they came, they had so many great teams and came so close, uh, but would seem to find a way to lose it every year. It's true. 14 division titles in a row. And only, you know, you hate <laughs> to was, say only one World Series because I, I'm a Cubs yeah. fan and we waited 108 years for that one World Series. So, but 14 Absolutely. years in a row, the Braves could have, the Braves could have won four or five World Series pretty easily with uh, the teams they had. Uh, yeah, and they had a lot of great players. My dad was friends with uh, Jody Davis, who used to be a catcher. Sure. And, yeah, and they used to go hunting together, and he got to be pals with, with Bobby uh, and a couple of the manager and a couple of the players through Jody, and he was a big, big Braves fan, so I'll always pull for them. So here's the thing that's the most important part of this podcast for me. We've got to talk about one of the greatest and also one of the worst candy products ever. And you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Gator gum. Yeah, Gator gum was uh, Gator gum was in this one store on the way. I used to ride with my dad to the, uh, his race shop every morning when I, when I was out of school. I always stopped at the store, and it always had gator gum, and I always grabbed a pack, and I'd had it eight. I'd had the whole pack eight before we got to the shop. Um, it's really, really tart. The packaging uh, obviously looked like the old glass uh, gator Gatorade bottles and uh, the logo and everything, and it just looked so good. And uh, it was really, really tart, but it you know obviously only lasted a few seconds, and it turned into concrete. <laughs> so you were going through a piece in, in no time. Uh, and that stuff was around for a while, I guess, uh, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly when they discontinued it, but actually a, a company rebranded it as Quench, and it's still around today. You can find it on Amazon. I have a couple pieces here at the house still, and it's no different. It's just as hard as a rock, and uh, great flavor, but it's only going to last a few seconds. Yeah, that was, that's something I'll never forget. We, we talk about that a little bit every, every once in a while, me and you. It's a bold move if you went with for more than one piece. I mean, if you took the whole pack, because I, I was the kind of kid, and I'm still I'm still the kind of guy that you know I'm going to go four or five pieces, and yeah, you know that you, stuff would get <laughs> that stuff would make your jaw sore. More it, it would, and and uh, you know we were talking the the, the other day. I, I'm afraid I would chip a tooth. I mean, you got to have a good dentist. <laughs> Uh, on hand for for that. So uh, l- l- let me wrap it up here with you by asking this: What what were your favorite TV shows as a kid? 
Well, I think um, I used to watch a lot of Cheers and uh, Night Court, and I was born in 74, so I was watching, started really kind of watching TV, I guess, after school uh, on into bedtime in the early 80s and late 80s. Fox was just kind of getting going, and they were running a lot of old sitcoms and stuff, and uh, so watching watching a lot of Night Court, and I remember um, KR, what is it, uh, the radio show. WKRP in Cincinnati, yeah. Yes, yeah, I love, I that, love show. that show. Yeah, it was a good show. <laughs> were, you, were you an yes, afternoon sir. reruns kid? I mean, because, you know, for me, like after school, TBS, and, you know, they were running yeah. the Brady Bunch and Andy Griffith Show and all that all that stuff. I really, I was like a evening rerun guy. Fox okay. was running a lot of Night Court and uh, stuff like that. There was like this little two-hour chunk where it was the same four sitcoms every day. And uh, it was around 7 o'clock or so at night. I was playing on my Nintendo up until that point every day. So we had, uh, you know, that was, they were just starting to make like, they had made Days of Thunder, this uh, NASCAR game. And, it's NASCAR Challenge and all kinds of stuff like that. It was, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of any other sitcoms. I remember my favorite miniseries was uh, was Lawson Dove. I remember being in school, a freshman or something, when that came out. Not One of the prerequisites of me having anything in common with you is if you've seen Lawson Dove. Like, if I'm going to be really, really tight pals with you. And you have to have watched that miniseries. It's like eight hours. <laughs> so I've actually sat down and watched the whole thing in one run. So. Wow, now that's Crazy. intense. Yeah. That's a intense. lot of good actors in there. Danny Glover and a bunch of other folks. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Robert I, Duvall. Anything with Robert Duvall is, it, yeah. you know, can't be bad. So so for your fans out there that are looking forward to, to 2017, you know, you, you were out for, for much of the season this year and – you're looking forward, I'm sure, to, to resetting and, and going fresh into a new year. So how, how are you feeling uh, as, uh, you know, we're a couple of months away from Daytona? Yeah, I'm feeling good. We're going to, I, you know, I would consider myself 100%. We've got one little bat, last box to check, and that's actually to go somewhere and test, uh, actually get in the car and drive and run a couple hours and just make sure there's no underlying symptoms that I'm, I'm not seeing but i don't anticipate any issues with that and we're going to be doing that before christmas and uh that'll be uh that'll kind of be the last box to check it's going to be exciting to get back in the car we're doing all the photo shoots and i got one later today actually to uh to you know that that in, you know, involves next season so we're right we're kind of back in the grind and doing all the stuff that we're usually doing at this time of year um, I'm pretty much past the rehab part of it. I'm beyond all that. So uh, everything feels like it's back to normal. I'm excited. Uh, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen a couple months ago, but everything's looking really positive to be able to get back in the car. And I miss it and miss all the people, really. I'm, my, my favorite part about being in the sport is the friendships and relationships and I miss being around everybody so I'm look forward to getting back. All right man, that sounds good. I'm looking forward to seeing you out there and 
looking forward to seeing you uh, uh, in the winter circle this year. Yeah, I am too. I, I appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you, my brother. I appreciate you coming on the, the podcast so much. And it was a pleasure talking to you about the, the Redskins and some of this stuff that uh, guys like you and me in our 40s can uh, relate to. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. You're one of the best followers on Twitter. I learn something every day. I know it's a lot of work, and I want to thank you for what you do. You make uh, you make it a lot of fun looking back at some of that history, and you certainly cover a wide spectrum, which I appreciate. So it's always something every day, something new. So we appreciate everything you do. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right, it's good talking to you, and uh, go out there and get them next year, man. All right, man. We'll be All in right. Uh, what a great way to end 2016 with Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, truly one of the most humble and classiest guys in professional sports, and really for all his success as an athlete, uh, an even better person. So much respect to Dale for being my guest today on the podcast, and I'm looking for him to have an excellent 2017 campaign as he gets back out there on the track and does what he loves to do. We'll start off next year right with former ABA All-Star Bob Nettolicki. And if you're familiar with Netto, you know what a great guest this is. And if you're not familiar, then buckle up because this guy is one of the greatest storytellers ever. You'll want to grab a cold drink next week, kick your feet up, and get ready because Netto is going to put you in the time machine and take you back to the fast and furious days of the American Basketball Association. And so with that... Super 70 Sports says goodbye to 2016, and we look ahead to bigger and better things in 2017, and I know that you're going to be there with me, and you're never going to miss an episode of the Super 70 Sports Podcast.